Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Creative Conversations with Dion White. I am so excited. I am going to be embarking on a three-week series with you, The Artist Identity and Finding Your Creative Voice. This is going to be over three weeks. Starting today, number one is going to be Finding Your Creative Voice. Week two is going to be Identity and What Shapes the Artist. Week three is going to be the benefit of batching your art from time to time how it can help you find and refine your creative voice and produce inventory. So I'm so excited to bring this to you today. One of the most frustrating things as an artist can be trying to find your creative voice. What is your creative voice and how do you find it? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today on Creative Conversations with Dion White. Well, thanks for joining me today. I'm so excited to bring you this valuable content that can help develop you as an artist of purpose in this time that we're living with. So what is a creative voice? Well, the definition basically is that it's a style in which you express yourself in the medium of your choice. When people look at, say, a Van Gogh or a Van Gogh, I believe it might even be the uh, correct pronunciation, painting, they know that it is his because of the style of his brushstrokes, the subject matter and the vibrancy, and maybe even the choice of colors he used. So how do you express your creative voice? If you do not know this, don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. It will come to you as you continue to practice your skill and nurture your creative gift. So what kind of artist are you? You might have been asked that before. I know I'm asked that all the time. And this fear sometimes just rises up within me like I have to have this perfect answer. Well, I believe there's a pressure in knowing what kind of artist we are. And so when somebody asks you what kind of artist are you, that actually incorporates your creative voice. And so a question like that can be paralyzing to any artist, especially emerging artists. We feel a pressure rise from these types of questions and begin the pursuit to know the answer. Well, welcome to the artist identity crisis. <laughs> this can make or break someone, or it can fuel us or fail us. First thing we need to remember on the pursuit of finding our creative voice is that our identity is not in our art. It may be an expression of who we are or the message that we're bringing, but art is not our identity. It is a gift we're given, a skill that we cultivate, and we get to bless the world with it. Our creative voice is ever-evolving, you guys. Just like we do as people, we grow, experience life, and mature. And that is how our creative voice and our art also grows and evolves, and it goes on a journey of experience and matures. I know I can look back at some of the art I did years ago, Years I did as a teenager, I mean, excuse me, art I did as a teenager, and in between, um, different seasons of life, everything kind of looked a little different, but in a way, there was a thread also, a common thread between the things. So that's what we're going to talk about today, is how do we find that common thread? What is it? What does it look like? How do I express myself? But that pressure of that question can sabotage us in moments, crippling us on our journey to finding our creative voice and just what type of artist we are. You know, we all want to be free to be me, right? That's like the slogan. You're free to be you. Well, yes and no. 
okay? You were created to be a certain way. And so the point is we're trying to find that person. We're trying to unearth those gifts and those gems within and express that in a creative way. So it seems that in order to be taken seriously, though, sometimes as an artist, there, there's a need to know who we are as artists, and the same goes for our art. So what type of artist are we? That's the question we're asking today. The average person probably wouldn't care, but the art world isn't satisfied if you just say, I don't know, I just love to paint. I just love to create. Um, an art collector, perhaps, or a gallerist or curator, they, they want to know. They want to know because they want to see cohesive bodies of work and they want to see uh, a story and a journey, uh, an expression, a personality. And so we need to know if you're going to go down, especially a professional path, we need to know. So there's been many eras of different types of art and styles that have emerged, you know, all beloved to someone, but not all appreciated by everyone, though. I mean, there's art that I don't necessarily care for, but that doesn't mean I don't appreciate it or the courage or the effort of the artist. But I believe we can love these things. We can appreciate them. We can respect the artist for the courage and the skill, but it isn't necessary to identify identify with them okay like we don't have to like love all art and identify with all art because that's just not a reality but we are all unique individuals and so our art must look and be unique to us and that's what we want to try to find out so one of my quotes that I said I don't even know how it came about but it was just a couple years ago actually probably I would say five or six years ago maybe even a little longer, time flies, you guys. But um, I was painting a lot of uh, beach and coastal scenes and sunrises and water scenes. Uh, it's what my soul wanted at the time and what I needed at the time uh, to bring peace to my soul and my spirit, my mind. And so I just remember experiencing something and then I would paint that. And so one of the quotes that I've come up with was, we have to see it, take it in, and then paint it the way we experience it. Well, isn't that pretty much true with everything? We have to see it, we take it in, we experience, and then we paint it the way we experience it. And that's really the key to art is cultivating our eye and then seeing how it resonates with our soul. How are we experiencing that emotionally, um, mentally, in our heart? And then we paint that that way. And that's the point. And so if we're not experiencing something, then how can we truly express that, right? I mean, we can all just paint a subject matter. But is that subject matter going to have... Um, a real impact behind it. If you haven't yourself personally experienced it yet, I know for me, I have to experience it. I take a ton of pictures to do a lot of studying of subject matter and its nature, uh, particularly um, water and skies <laughs> and flowers. And so, and I, I study these things and then I see how it affects me. I take note of that emotionally and um, I even journal and document that, you know, because I want to remember how I experienced that. And then as I paint that, that experience comes out in a brushstroke or a color. And so remember that, that you need to experience your subject 
in order to authentically convey the message in your creative voice uniquely. So as creatives, we want to come off confident. Doesn't everybody want to come off confident? Boy, is that something really hard to do in everyday life. There's so much competition out there and pressure to succeed and to be perfect and excellent. And it's so hard to be confident. But the truth is, most of people and most artists lack confidence in themselves and their art. This just comes from not being with your art long enough. <laughs> I mean, if you can understand what I'm saying there, it's kind of like, you know, the longer you do something and the longer you're with something, um, then the more confident you get with it. And so for decades, I went um, without really creating very much. And I just felt that um, I wasn't very confident in myself as an artist. And you know, I didn't, I wasn't really sure where that came from because I never really had negative feedback about my art, but I also didn't have like super positive feedback from it other than my mom. Y'all, she was my number one fan, my number one cheerleader and my number one customer <laughs> pretty much for anything I did in life. And so, um, we need to be confident and the way we get confident and trusting of ourselves and our art is we have to be doing it and spending time with it. Okay. But we, most of us aren't, most of us lack the confidence, especially artists. There's because of the way even society has treated them um, or they've interacted with society as a different kind of person over time, we lose that confidence. So I know for me, my path as an artist took many ups and downs and then ups again. And pers perseverance was definitely the key to my path, but it didn't come always with confidence. There's this thing about needing permission as well to do what we've actually been created to do. And I had to stop believing the lie that I was not good enough to be a professional artist, nor was my art of any value, nor was I qualified. These thoughts actually were a hindrance to me operating in my gifting successfully. This was more of uh, than an art issue. It was a self-worth and an identity issue. And um, I had to take care of that. And I took care of it very quickly. I'm thankful for the people that God put in my path to help kind of unlock that in me and just kind of give me that understanding of my identity as an artist and um, permission to do that. And so today I'm going to speak into you and I'm going to say you have permission and be free to be you right now as an artist because it's a journey. It's a journey and we're all searching. So I give you permission. I bless you with permission to be who God created you to be, to explore what he's created you to explore, to create what your heart desires. And that's, we're going to go into that in just a minute, because that's part of how we find our creative voice. But there's a few rules to prepare for the process. And so I'm just going to give you these three rules that I kind of do to prepare even before I begin to create. And what I did in the process of trying to find my own creative voice. So number one, be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. Really say like, okay, this is where I'm at. Be honest with yourself if you don't have a clue of where to even start. And be genuine in your process. Um, just be authentic, you know. Nobody likes a faker, nobody likes a counterfeit. And um, it's okay to use other people's art as inspiration or other people's photographs as inspiration and use them as practice and stuff. But we want you to express you. 
And so don't be a counterfeit. Be genuine in the process because we don't want to copyright, um, copy other people's, you know, art. Um, it's just, that's just not a good thing to do. It's definitely uh, not ethical as well. Number two, give yourself permission to play and discover. If we don't create, we don't discover. I mean, I've said that, I don't know, for years now. If we don't create, we don't discover. We have to play um, to discover. You know, I just feel like um, we're so worried that every time we sit down that we have to create this little masterpiece. And, you know, and sometimes I just sit down and I'll just do some washes of watercolor and I'll pick some colors that I want to play with and y'all see where it goes. And I'll tell you what, some of the most incredible discoveries have been made while I've played. So give yourself permission to play and discover. Number three, this one's really important to me. This is important to our whole person because of art. You know, what's in our heart comes out in our art technically. But this is uh, meditation. Um, and I'm not talking about anything like really weird or deep. I'm just saying like, take a moment before you approach your canvas or your studio time, take a moment to close your eyes and reflect inward, um, align with our creator. Just take a moment looking for subject matter, words of inspiration or songs or colors that speak to you or come to your mind. Make sure that you are documenting these things. This is so important. Having a journal in your creative space near your easel, by your piano, or wherever you're creating or whatever you're doing, have a journal. I can't tell you how many journals I've filled with creative ideas and inspiration, insight, and revelation from these times of meditation prior to creating. So as a believer and an artist that paints the promise, you guys know that's my motto, paint the promise, I want to throw in some soul care and protection words here for you. How many of us can say that we have to guard what we think about, look upon, and take in? And I think it's really important as artists because there is a thing that happens in our brains when we see an image, and um, it actually affects the building blocks, the proteins of our brain. And so what we see, that's why you can't get images a lot of times out of your mind, good or bad, because they begin to become etched in there. Visual is so powerful. And so this is why we have to guard our hearts and our minds. So I'm going to give you a scripture today, actually, and that's Philippians 4, 7 through 9. So I want you to meditate on this when you are kind of closing your eyes for a moment and reflecting, because if you don't know what to think on, I'm going to tell you right now. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. For whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. That is powerful and packed with a punch. Listen, if we don't know what to think on, God's telling us right there what to think on. There's so much chaos and so much negative news and fake news and things out there that are not pleasing to our soul. We have to be careful to take care of our soul and guard our hearts and minds. And this is one way that we can do it. So think on these things. Let's paint the promise, guys.
So listen, after you do these three things, be honest with yourself and genuine your process, give yourself permission to play and discover, and meditate and think on these positive and beautiful things. After we do that, guess what? We have to pick up our mats and we've got to go to work. So I know that's another biblical reference there, picking up your mat. But listen, no trail is discovered by sitting and observing from the park bench. I'm going to say that again. No trail is discovered by sitting and observing from the park bench. God created us to co-labor and co-create with him. So even in our art, we must pick up our mat and walk, even in our art practice. I know artists that... um, uh, to say, to, I guess to say it, you know, basically like this, I know artists who they absorb a lot, like they're constantly absorbing um, other people's journey. They're kind of living vicariously through other people's journey and they're taking in um, a lot of stuff into their creative well. And they're, you know, the well gets really full and there comes a point where you got to pour it out and empty it. But I'm just I'm just thinking about a lot of people I know who, you know, they get they gather inspiration, they go to event after event, or they go to art class after art class or art show after art show, and they um they watch other people's videos and training videos and but they're not producing their own art. They're not um finding their creative voice, they're not participating in the blessing of creating, really. And I think this is a fear really, um, let's just talk about this for just a moment. It's the fear of starting. Okay. Cause I've been there. There's so many times over the years that I didn't start because I was af- afraid of failing. I had a fear of failing. I had a fear that my art was not going to be good or right or beautiful. Um, and it was going to be rejected. And you know what? There were times I failed. I had to start over and I repainted the canvas. There was times I broke a canvas. There was times um, my art was rejected. I mean, many times, actually. Um, It didn't make it into a juried show or it didn't make it um, into the final for an excellence award or best in show. I mean, but rejection is such a good learning lesson because really we can't really take it personally because there are so many minds out there and everybody looks at things differently and has different perspectives. So I just want to address your fear right now. And I just want to tell you, don't be afraid to start. So if you're that person that your well is so full that it's making you almost sick because it's getting stagnant of what you've taken in, it's time to open the lid off the well and let it out. It's time to begin to pour it out um, and put it on a canvas, put it in a song, put it in a, in a, a dance or something, put it in a poem. It's time to start creating. So I just come against that fear right now in the name of Jesus. And we just silence every fear that comes against us as artists from starting and every assignment that's come against us from keeping us starting um, to produce the works of the Lord through our hands. I just silence that right now. And we cancel every assignment uh, against you as an artist today. And I say just courage, rise up, courage, rise up in Jesus name. So that's a little extra right there for you today. (laughs) So just remember, no trail is discovered by sitting and observing from the park bench. So just know that um, 
it's in the process we find ourselves. Uh, what we like and dislike, our strengths and our weaknesses and what we're made of. And we need to remain teachable. There's always room for growth. So next week, this is going to kind of be an overlap for next week where I'm talking about the artist identity and what prepares us and shapes us as artists. So let's get into finding our creative voice, okay? Awesome. Here we go. I'm going to give you six things um, to ask yourself. I've got some pro tips after that, and then we'll conclude. All right, so six things we need to ask ourselves. Well, first of all, this section is called, what are you bent towards? What's your natural bent? We have to ask ourselves, what am I bent towards? A bent is something that you naturally lean to or you've naturally been gifted with and it maybe comes easy for you and that kind of thing. So we all have natural bents or likes, dislikes and interests, even God-given skills and talents. So here's six things you can ask yourself to help you on your path to finding your creative bent and your creative voice. Number one, ask yourself, what medium do I love? What medium do I love? Think about the use or the qualities and characteristics of it. Is it a watercolor? Is it an oil? Is it a graphite? Is it uh, graphic design art? Is it sewing, cooking? You know, is it um, savory or sweet if you're going to be a chef? You know, what's your natural bent? You know, what do you love? What do you love? And so there's things I love about watercolor. There's things I love about acrylic. And so, yes, I was taught in those early on, um, but I've tried others, but I always go back to those. And it's interesting because for me, watercolor comes really easy, but for others, they say, wow, that's so hard. Well, guess what? That means God's gifted me um, with the ability and skill to manipulate and to work with um, watercolor. I mean, yes, I took some classes uh, early on in life when I was a teenager, but honestly, it comes easy to me. And if it comes easy to you, then that's your first clue that that and you enjoy it, too, and you enjoy it. It comes easy to you and you enjoy it. That's your first clue that this might be one area that you should be working in your creative uh, voice, your expression. So think about the qualities and characteristics of the mediums and just take note of which one you love and you're bent towards, which one is easy for you to use. Number two, what tools do you love to use? Are you a paintbrush person, a palette knife person, a pencil or pen person, or a mix of all the above? You know, are you a piano person or a strings guitar person? Um, you know, do you love to sing or would you rather be playing? You know, and so it's this, it's this process of elimination of what do I love and what do I not love? What am I good at? What am I not good at? You know, doesn't mean we don't learn new things, but God has gifted us each with unique gifts, um, and that's why some things come easier for others. That's what we would call a natural talent, technically. So what tools do you love to use? Ask yourself that. That'll point to your creative voice path. Number three, what can your art just not live without? Like, what has to go in it? Okay, so for me, can y'all guess? If you said gold, you're right. <laughs> gold, you're right. So my art um, has taken quite a journey. And over the last few years, a personal message to myself 
part of my story, my own personal story of restoration and healing, but also part of my ministry. I use gold. The Lord told me, mend them with gold. It was something that he wanted me to put in my art. And so my art usually has gold in it somewhere, even if it's just my signature. <laughs> but most of it, mostly all of it is touched with gold. Um, the other thing I love to do is I love to put in teal. I love teal colors, teal greens and blues, because I love water. Um, and so that is another color that you'll see quite often in my work. And so that's a common thread. So when you create a piece of art, the subject matter doesn't even have to be the same. But if you use the same color in different pieces, say one's an abstract and one's a floral impressionism, and you use those colors in between them, guess what? That's cohesion. And that is part of your creative voice. So what can your art just not live without? All right, number four, what inspires you? What do you love? For me, that's nature. I love flowers, skies, and the beach. So my dad told me a quote um, a couple years ago when we were having a conversation about this, and I was really struggling with my qualification and my validation as an artist. And he said, Dee, let's, let's, excuse me. He said, Dee, just let what's in your heart come out in your art. And I was like, yes, exactly. And shortly, right around that same time, I had been praying to God, you know, and asking him, Lord, what do you want me to paint? Because I just don't know what to paint. Because I feel like what I paint, people don't want, you know, and God just simply spoke to me so plainly in that soft whisper. And he said, paint what you love. Just paint what you love. So I did. And it was actually those pieces that spoke the most to people. Why? Because love is from God. And because he was in my heart, his message and his beauty was coming out in my art. And so love becomes emotionally tangible, kind of in a strange way in art. You know, isn't it funny how you can look at something and it just creates an emotion in you? It's just such a mystery. And I love that. But it stirs our heart. It can trigger emotions and may even resonate with a void that needs to be filled. So paint what you love. What inspires you? This is all part of the process. Number five, what comes easy? We kind of talked about this a little bit. Um, what comes easy skill-wise, but there's still room for improvement? See, I still have room for improvement with learning about um, watercolor and different techniques even with it, how you can use it with uh, mixed media and all that kind of stuff. There's always something to discover. So what comes easy skill-wise to you? That's going to be a clue as to what kind of medium you're going to work with as well. And number six for these questions that you'll ask yourself are, finally, what artists or style do you already love or even resonate with? Like what possibly looks like what you do? Um, you don't have to be the next Monet, but you can use his inspiration to springboard you to your style. So one of my first biggest paintings I ever did was a replication of a Monet. I believe it was three feet by three feet, um, 36 by 36. And so I did that in high school. I absolutely loved Monet's work. There was, you know, and I don't even remember, really remember why, but I know the, the time in my life, um, I needed some peace in my heart. It was such an escape. His work was just so peaceful with the colors and the impressionism. 
And um, that was the first piece I created. And it was created in an acrylic. And so that's what I've known for a long time. But I also love to work quicker with my work and sometimes just get a nice thick building up of um, texture. And so um, I chose to do it in acrylic. But so what artists or style do you already love? Um, that can give you a hint as to your type of creative expression. It can be like it, but it doesn't have to be exactly like it. It can just be an inspiration and a springboard to your style. So there's other questions that we could possibly filter through, but the beautiful thing about the path of finding your creative voice is that these areas will begin to overlap. You'll begin to see a common thread and they'll overlap over time. So the four key components that goes into finding your creative voice that we need to identify and keep in mind uh, when we develop it and search for it are these uh, four things. Keep in mind your medium. What's the medium? Is it watercolor, acrylic, graphic, uh, graphite, oil, photography maybe? Um, so you're going to do digital art of some sort then you'll need to learn probably Photoshop too, you know? And so that's one thing to think about. Number That's key component number one. So the medium, think about the medium. Number two, your color palette. Uh, everyone has their favorites and this will often reflect your personality at times. Um, those of you who know me personally know that um, I have sometimes a very, well, not sometimes, a lot of times, have a very bold and vibrant personality and um, that comes out in my art. But there are other times parts of me is very serene and peaceful, and that's what I want to convey. And so um, it, it's a balance because, you know what, If especially if you have Christ within you, everything he is is within you. And so you are going to range in different emotions at times of your personality, and that can come out in your art. Uh, number three is subject matter and your source of inspiration. So what's inspiring you and where are you getting your subject matter from? Brush stroke is the last one. Your brush stroke style if you're a painter. Um, your medium style, like if you're pen or graphite, you know, just it's just going to be your style, especially if you're a painter. This is really important. Um, and I'm speaking to painters here. So your brush stroke style. Are they bold? Are they soft? Um, are they short? You know, and so the way that you move your brush, it, it really makes a difference. And so the four key components that you need to identify in your creative voice expression is medium, your color palette, your subject matter, and your brush stroke. So one of the challenges or blessings, depending on how you look at it, might be that you love many different mediums and you don't know how to incorporate them together. So narrowing it down, you know, sometimes we have to narrow it down to refine in our creative voice. So you might like acrylics in the way that they cover well and dry quick, allowing you to work more quickly to finish your work. Or you may love watercolors with the softness, transparency, and fluidity of it. On the other hand, you might like them both and those, uh, both of those, and you might even love using like say found objects or mixing them with another medium. Well, guess what? That would make you a mixed media artist. But even in that, you're going to have your own creative voice and creative style of expression. So all this is well and good, but how do you create your style? How do you create your creative voice? Well, I just believe that comes over time 
And just as we are a work in progress as a person and in becoming, you know, the Lord has called us to um, just create, to just create um, and, and to be so in our art, be creative, be experimental and be brave about it. Some may find their creative voice earlier in the process than others. And that is okay. That is completely okay. It's not a competition. It's not a race. You know, I was, let me just stop here for a second and say this. It's not a race and it's really not a competition because God gave you your art gift first for you to bless him and then for the world. First for you to bless him and then for the world. I just, um, I have learned this so much over time is that he gave me my gift for me and it's to connect with him to create for him and to bless the world. So as long as you're doing that, you're in his will as an artist. So there's no rush. I just want to release you from that pressure right now. There's no rush and there's no competition. I'm reminding myself of that, by the way. <laughs> okay, so um, moving on, we're almost finished here. Hang in, hang in there with me. I know this one was lengthy, but it's really good, valuable content, and I wanted to bring it all to you. So uh, in this experimental and exploration time of creating, do not set your heart on the art to sell. I'm not saying that it won't sell, but don't make that your goal in this time. Make your goal trying to find your creative voice, at least the path to Focus on the development of your gift and your voice as opposed to making the art sell. So I've been there and I can say it can be very disappointing when our focus is off. Um, it just has to do with alignment of our hearts too. But if our focus isn't in the right place, then everything's kind of going to be off. So I've jotted down six pro tips um, to help you kind of begin to create your creative voice. Ready for these? Tip number one, create an inspiration board and put it in your creative space. Um, put things of, say, favorite colors or quotes, scriptures, people, places, things, etc. You want to put things on there that inspire you um, and that you could maybe eventually practice painting or drawing um, and just create even maybe a small series of things, like say in a journal, you might use your journal to do little inspirational sketches um, or practicing of uh, sketching perspectives and just different things like that. But create an inspiration board. Think of it kind of like a, a small poster board or maybe a big one and put things of inspiration on it, you know, um, I'm just thinking about how we, you know, we do vision boards um, and then we keep it before us. The Lord says to keep it before us, you know, and when we keep something before us, uh, it stays in the forefront of our mind. Um, otherwise, you know, what do they say? Of course, I can't remember the quote right now. Oh, out of sight, out of mind. There we go. Out of sight, out of mind. And so we want to put inspiration in front of us. Sometimes we have to do that. I know right now, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm looking at two pieces of my art right in front of me. One's on the wall and one is on my desk. Um, and guess what? They have gold in them. <laughs> 
but um, they're just some pieces that I love and they're in my room. And then I have another um, little framed quote here and it's about the art of Kintsugi, uh, about the broken objects being repaired with gold. I'm, I surround myself with things that inspire me. And so that's why I'm saying create an inspiration board. This can actually be a really fun project um, or you can create um, an inspiration journal if you want to do that too. But this is a really fun project. I've done this in the past and um, it's amazing. It's amazing. You can use collections of found objects. You can use flowers outside. You can use swatches of color, paint chip colors. Um, you can go through magazines, whatever, Bible, scriptures. Just create it of whatever speaks to you. That's probably one of my favorites. Um, number two, ask others to give you subject ideas um, for you to create. And you create the work in your own style and gift the art away back to them. So this is a concept where one year the Lord was telling me to gift my art away. <laughs> and I was like, really, Lord? You know, and so, um, but it's such a blessing to give. It's more blessed to give than receive, actually. And um, the law of sowing and reaping, and we store up our treasures where? In heaven, not here on earth, where? moth and dust and rust can get to it. So I thought this would have had a twofold purpose. It kind of helps refine and sanctify <laughs> our hearts um, as well as cultivate our gift. And so ask someone to give you a subject idea. They can't dictate like the colors or the composition, just a subject idea. And then you create the work in your own style and then you give that back to them. Um, sometimes this can take the pressure off of what do I paint that question, right? Because have you ever been there? What do I paint, Lord? <sighs> I've been there and it's really uh, frustrating. <laughs> so at times I've asked others, hey, give me an idea. What should I paint? You know, tell me something to paint. And uh, that takes the pressure off of me. And I just go at it with my my style and my colors. So ask others to give you subject ideas. Number three, collaborating with others. Oh boy, us artists do not like to do this. <laughs> collaborating with other artists totally can unlock so much in you as a person and as a gifted artist. Do you remember in school when you would get paired up to do a project with somebody? Uh, well, think of this kind of like that. Everyone has strengths and weaknesses, and we can help each other. Everybody has something to bring to the table, so to speak. So most of us do not like to share canvas space or creative brain space. We get very possessive of that. But honestly, we need to get out of the habit and out of that stereotype um, that we're rebels and loners, in a sense, because if we want to expand in community, we need to learn to collaborate. And I'm not saying you have to do this all the time, but sometimes for a project, and I'm thinking of somebody right now I interviewed last year, and she's a dear friend, an artist of mine from Chicago, Illinois. Um, it's Antonia Rupert, and she is an amazing uh, community coordinating artist. She Her purpose is to bring uh, cities together, to bring communities together in a city. And she does that through art projects. And so community shared art, proje art projects. And so that's just something really awesome to do. Um, 
I, I've seen it all over places where they do community shared art projects and it really does bring unity. And so collaborating bring unity, brings unity, but it also unlocks so much in us as a person and an artist and it does test us. But um, otherwise we won't grow y'all. We just won't grow. So it doesn't mean you have to take their help all the time or take their advice all the time, but opening up just to ask and collaborate can bring such brilliant success. I mean, even God was three in one, y'all. You know, it was him and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so God was a collaborator from the beginning. <laughs> he said, let us make man in our image. So um, <laughs> I'm thinking, let's just take a little tip from the Father above. Anyway, number four, ask others to look at your work and see if they can help you identify common threads in your work. So if you're having a hard time saying, you know, these don't, you can't see what the, the what it looks like or the cohesion of it, then ask others, just say, hey, can you look at my work and tell me what you see in this? And um, just see if they could give you just maybe a two or three different things that might say, you know, it's you, it's your personality. What do they see in it? So ask others to look at your work. Uh, number five, create a body of small works. So holiday time is a great time to do this for gift buying. This was the strategy last year behind my Coastal Impressions line. I learned a new style of how I love to work with ink. Um, and also it really pushed my boundaries of, can we just say painting outside the box, so to speak, or painting outside the lines? Uh, it really pushed that and it forced my imagination a little bit more. And so I was in a mentoring group um, with Sergio Gomez and Art Next Level last year. And that was one of our challenges was around holiday time. It was to create a body of small works. And the purpose of it was to sell um, gifts for the holiday, you know, and that they would be good price points for gifts. And I don't even remember, it was well over 20 pieces that I created. And when I started creating those, um, they just started coming like wow and spreading like wildfire. And so that's kind of what my last point is here is about batching your art. And we're going to talk about that in two weeks, how batching your art and creating, um, like a series of small works, um, can help define your creative voice. And you can help even find another creative voice. Cause I think we have, um, sometimes a compilation of them, especially if we use different mediums like I do, acrylic and watercolor. So batching your art, you know, is going to be something we talk about in two weeks. And that's about creating bodies of work on a like a larger scale as far as as many pieces to create inventory. And so those are the six tips, the pro tips about um, helping you find your creative voice and I will list them out uh, for you in the description. And I will even list them out and I'll put them on the Dion White Art um, Facebook page. And then I'll put the link to it in my Instagram. Um, if you want the notes from today, as always, I'm willing to share my notes. Email me at dion.white. Uh, yeah, dion.white at hotmail.com. Sorry about that, y'all. All right. So in conclusion, the point is to just start, say no to the fear, get off the bench and start walking the trail, um, pick up your mat and walk, guys. The point is that you keep creating, keep submitting to the process and yielding to the Holy Spirit as you co-create with him. 
define what brings fulfillment to you and what is best expressed in your art that would represent you uniquely. So this isn't so much about your message as it is about the look of your art right now. Remember, the message is the visual art. So we all go through changes. We all go through seasons. And I'm a firm believer that what is in your spirit and your heart inwardly will be expressed externally in your art, either in an immature or a mature fashion. So usually the state of our whole being, our spirit, soul, and body is what will come out in our art. Um, I've been painting for about 30 years, mainly as a hobbyist, and in the past five years as an emerging professional artist. Um, part of the process over the years has been painting what I love, both the subject and then what the mediums I loved, as I told you earlier. But I never really nailed it down early on as to what my creative voice was. So you could see a cohesion kind of in my watercolors, and that was probably the biggest place you could see it, my voice, but it was also the place at that time, I was longing to be at in my spirit. Uh, this led me to believe that I was actually painting from a place of dreaming and uh, maybe even escape and painting from a place of vision um, and longing. And really, we want to get to a different level. The activity of painting itself is therapeutic, but the subject matter I was choosing became complementary to the therapeutic process of creating, if that makes any sense. So when I desired rest uh, and an escape from reality of life, I would worship and I would paint serene scenes of the beach or water, sunrises, sunsets, and other peaceful coastal elements. Um, but I'm coming to a place now and realizing that as um, someone who works as a kingdom artist for the Lord, I feel like I have a responsibility to deliver the message of his heart and display his glory and his beauty of his creation. Um, and I'm realizing now that I'm painting from the actual state of my own spirit of who I am right now in him and what I hear and how hopefully I convey that um, with where I am in life now. And so I'm painting from a place of abundance, vibrancy, transparency, and flow. That is the goal. And sometimes it's a fight to stay there. I still have to develop my creative gift. I still have to get in the studio and create. But you know what? He's just happy that we create. He's just happy that we create. So do me a favor and just do a little discovery play. Because if you don't create, you won't discover. Thanks for listening today, you guys. I know this was a little long, but it's a lot of good, valuable content. And I'm really big on bringing, bringing you valuable, creative content. Um. And so next week, we're going to talk about the artist identity and what shapes us as artists, the experiences in life and our perspective and our beliefs. Um, and that's really, really important. And I know we covered some of that, so we might overlap or just re reiterate a few things that I said this week uh, and talk about that. And then the last week of this three-week series is going to be about batching our art. I mean, the holidays is coming. Um, you can create a small body of work and begin to see how when you do that, you can actually see a creative voice coming out. Um, I love creating collections. I really do. I'm working on one right now for a local venue of the store that I'm in uh, locally and for our town. And it's just been really neat to kind of see that evolve. Um, 
but creating collections is fun and it's a great way to find your creative voice. So I'm sure there's so many other ways. There's great resources out there um, to find other ways, but especially like the inspiration board uh, idea, that's a great place to start. Begin to fill your creative well, your inspiration board and put it in front of you. The meditation is really important and what we think on and take in to our spirits ourselves. So that's it for this week. Thanks so much for um, joining me. I am just so grateful for you guys who listen and follow and just, you know, stick with me and we're going to bring you other great content. I'm lining up some guests for the fall. And if you have any suggestions or topics that you want me to talk about, feel free to send them to me. And again, I'm sorry that this was a little long today. Um, but I think you will find that it was well worth your listen. So we'll see you next time on Creative Conversations with Dion White. Stick around. There's an announcement after the podcast. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining me today on Creative Conversations with Dion White. I really enjoy bringing you creative content of substance and value. It is my mission to help others persevere empowered on their journey So you can listen to my podcast and subscribe on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Breaker, CastBox, and Radio Public. Connect with me further on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dion White Art, or contact me and look at my art or purchase it at DionWhiteArt.com. And don't forget about the Art of Freedom book that I have coming out in March of 2020. Go to theartoffreedombook.com to read more about that, of restoring your heart, renewing your soul, and reviving your body. And you can secure your author-signed copy um, at that site. So I appreciate your support. Everybody have a great day and stay creative.